Welcome to the Heroic Minds Podcast, where we uncover the heroic stories of individuals battling through adversity and rising to the top of professional sport, business, and life. Uncovering the characteristics, the secrets, the tactics to become the hero of your own story, because it is adversity that maximizes human potential. Welcome back to the Heroic Minds Podcast. On today's episode, we have Dr. Natalie Slino, a mother of seven, a military doctor, a pilot, a teacher. She was also one of the last 17 individuals in the running to be selected as one of Canada's next astronauts. And to put things into perspective, the Canadian Space Agency has hired only 12 astronauts since 1983. She's also the CEO of an organization called Leap Biosystems, which we're going to get into today and talk about how in the future we are going to do surgery in space while someone may be assisting or doing the surgery for them here on Earth. Crazy idea, but unbelievable discussion. Before we get to the science of things, though, first we go through, obviously, the mind of Dr. Slino, how you justify the risk of potentially leaving Earth, how she stays grounded with all the stuff that she's working on, these life-changing, world-changing ideas, how she picks tasks that she's going to do, how she utilizes time management that then allows her to do all these incredible things, and how, a quote directly from her, is how she maximizes every minute. I was blown away by so many different topics on this this episode, and I really hope you enjoy it. As always, if you're enjoying these episodes, please leave a positive review, and remember to shoot me an email. I'm enjoying the feedback and the constructive conversations I'm having over email, so continue to send me those. Before we get going, remember to check out truelocal.ca. High-quality meat, individually packaged, shipped to your doorstep. You go online, you make an account, you pick exactly what you want, and five days later, it's at your doorstep. And then you can switch up what you want for the next month or just leave it the same. You don't even have to go back on your account again and it will continue to show up at your doorstep. If you want to give them a try, use my discount code HEROICMINDS25, all capital letters, to get $25 off a regular size box and $10 off an individual size box. Alrighty, here we go. Wait, 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 one more thing. Sorry, I forgot. Also, Heroic Minds shirts are out and the checkout wasn't working before. That's my bad. The checkout is now working online. So if you want to order a black Heroic Minds shirt, men's or women's, uh, polyester, cotton, they're awesome. White logo, black shirt. A picture of them is on my social media page. But yeah, if you want a shirt, check them out online at heroicminds.live. Alrighty. Okay. Now here we go. Yeah, so um, right now I'm sitting as a military doctor in Yellowknife. Uh, I run the clinic as a senior medical authority, so I counsel, um, you know, I have direct patient care, which means that I see patients on a regular basis, but I also act as the advisor to a lot of these units on many different issues. Um, So that's my military piece. Um, We're starting a group as... Well, Canadian Space Agency astronaut selection candidates, sorry, it's a mouthful, um, (laughs) that came together as a group of interested individuals in trying to make a difference and saw that as we were not being selected and the process finalized, um, some individuals just started reaching out. We formed this nucleus um, of like-minded people just trying to look at some of the issues that are out there and see how we could help solve them because... 
it's a good group to work with. It's it's a very cool group to work with. Um, outside of that, um, as a wife and a mother, that's probably my biggest <laughs> joy. <laughs> That's amazing. So you have those positions and you have seven children. And I saw in a fo photo online that you also have, a, there's a dog in the picture as well and husband. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy At once we have a dog, a cat, a lizard, a snake. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, the, I guess d even going into that topic, I find so many people would think if you want to chase greatness, if you want to do these amazing things, you have to sacrifice certain relationships and, and certain things that the average, I'll put that in quotations, the average person would enjoy. So how do you manage to have those great relationships and still chase these incredible things that really are life-changing? I mean, it's, it's stuff that can change the world. Yeah. I have to say my husband is an awesome man, individual. He's, given me the support and freedom to do what I, I, I come up with these fandangled ideas and sometimes they're so far-fetched that it seems unreasonable and I pass it by my husband to see, am I off? <laughs> is this possible? And he's like, Natalie, if, if you are thinking of it, you're already going to do it. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's no question in his mind. So when it, whenever I come up with these ideas, um, he knows I'm going to walk by him first. But I think he has come to understand it might be difficult to stop me. And I, it's not that I don't want to be stopped. It's just that um, he's definitely my grounder. And he's definitely the one that helps make sure that I'm on the right track. I've never heard it genuinely said like that, that as soon as even thinking about something, your husband had said, well, you're, there's a probably good chance you're going to do it or at least try to do it because you've thought of it. And I, that's, to me, that's pretty inspiring. And diving into that a little deeper is I, I read a quote uh, from an article that, that you were a part of, and it was basically about um, the astronauts in Texas, the ones that had been selected in the, in the past, I believe. And you said that these guys are at the top of their fields and there's nothing that's impossible in their minds. And I, mm -hmm. I take that quote almost as if you would think similarly. So I, I'm curious about what impossible even means to you because you're dealing with these ideas and le like leaving the earth, potentially leaving the earth. And I wonder what possible and impossible or how you even approach that conversation. I don't know if I see it in wor words of possibility or impossibility. I think I see it more in terms of what's right and what's not right. Um, and so I don't think that there is anything that's impossible if it was, if it's right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that answers the question, but like, for example, the Wi-Fi cut out for a quick second, just because I'm sure it's tough when she's up in Yellowknife and I'm down here in Ontario. But what she had quickly said here was just the idea of going to space and how in justifying all that, it's the right thing to do for the better of all of us. And and I know that if any one of us had any inkling to make something happen, um, I don't think that they couldn't make it happen. They could make it happen. I think the biggest obstacle is ourselves, is that we don't believe it to be true or we don't think it's going to happen and then we just don't follow through because it's it's believed to be impossible. Mm -hmm. And if, I like that idea that if it's the right thing to do, then I don't know, one of the quotes from this podcast is find a way and I feel like a lot of people will find a way if it's if there is a benefit to it and it will help people, that it's find a way to make it possible, I guess, might be an approach. Yeah, yeah like I just find, um, so when I come to a crossroad, if I was just going to speak candidly, and I have a choice that's coming before me, 
I really dig deep to figure out what it is about that choice that would lead me down one path or another. In other words, can I dedicate my life to that? And if I dedicated my life to that, would I be okay with that? Is it worth the sacrifice that it's going to take? Because every choice that I make, without a doubt, has some sacrifice. Um, but I'm okay with that if I know it's the right choice. And are there, are there any situations that you've been through in your area of work where people may have thought something was impossible and, and you actually saw it firsthand that, no, this isn't impossible? Hmm. Or is that just a regular occurrence on the job with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I go back to the first, I mean, there's many times where people told me I couldn't do it. Um, and many times, uh, one of them, for example, was when I was pregnant with one of my children and I was applying into med school and on a few occasions, um, people in positions of authority, I guess you could say, or at least influence, told me there's no way you can do that. It just, it's impossible. And obviously, I mean, in the previous conversation we've just had, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me. Impossible doesn't resonate with me at all. But it was more the fact that I don't understand why someone would even think to tell me that. I don't think it's a choice they have to offer me. Um, and in other words, when, when it was told to me, I, I just move on. I don't even pay it heed because there were other factors that were coming into play. Um, and obviously I made it through med school with, I had four kids and I had a fifth in med school and then I had another kid after med school. <laughs> so I don't think, I know that the fact that I had children was probably the piece that they thought it was impossible to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> I when, as I was listening to you say that, I almost think that you don't even spend the time to tell someone that either. If you, if the revolt, if the rules were reversed and you, for some reason, may have had doubt in your mind, it's not even something that you'd share with someone because it's not even fair or the right thing. Going back to what you initially said, the right thing to say. I wouldn't. You're right. I wouldn't because I don't know what's going on in their head, and there's so many factors at play when someone comes to a crossroad to make a choice that there's no way I have. Uh, the only person that knows is, is the individual making the choice. And so, you know, when I when I come to a crossroad myself, I seek a lot of counsel. I talk to a lot of people, especially those that make a difference in my life that are important to me, and the rest I don't really hear. Mm -hmm. And so I gather the ones around me that are, that have, that love me, that have my best interests, that, uh, and see what they think. And I hear them loudly <laughs> right. especially my husband <laughs> <laughs> and that helps with drowning out the other voices as well i guess when you hear those voices so loud and clear <laughs> totally yeah. but something that i wondered and i feel silly asking it is there any thing in your mind when you try to do something or have tried to do something i guess of all your successes so far where being a female in a certain situation has had any type of impact on you or, or even as you're approaching the challenge has does that even become any type of a, a thought in your mind or is it t to the wayside uh, now? No, I would, I think it's a fair question. And I, without causing any judgment on anybody's part, I, I know that there were times where this has been seen by some as um, potentially um, not as a gain, but as a loss, if that makes sense. 
Um, and so I was told things because I was a female early on in my career and early on in my path. Um, so it, it definitely had crossed my mind. It would be silly not to. I've been in the military for 25 years and, and the military forward thinking um, and has come a long way. And when I gathered supports, the supports were there, but there were always um, some pieces of that that would cause pause and definitely make me pause. But all it did for me, my father raised me very well. <laughs> There's, I come from a big family and there was no discrepancy. We have boys and girls and my father made certain that there was no discrepancy, that we just if you want to do it, you got to make it happen. you got to work hard to make it happen. So growing up, I didn't think of it, which probably helped me as that became a potential barrier. I just continued not thinking about it. And it made me want to make it happen even more. And then going on the, the family side and, and the inspiration in that area of things, reading again another article is that there was some adversity of, of family members health-wise. And just reading the article, it seemed as if that was, that may have been motivation or even a guiding factor in where you are today. And it's going back to that idea of unfortunate situations in life. Yeah. We can't um, justify it, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting point in the articles. I, you know, if I was going to go back and, and just sort of highlight the pinnacle moments of my life that made me redirect my career and my life. Um, I wanted to be a pilot from the time I was little. It was all I could think about. We'd sit around the dinner table and my father would ask all of us what we want to do when we would grow up. I was always going to be a pilot. Um, and I wanted to fly fast jets and I wanted to go far and high and fast. <laughs> um, and so I started flying uh, as soon as I could. I got my license on my own, um, joined the military as a pilot. And then my mother got sick and she got uh, really sick and turned palliative. Um, and it was at a point when I was away from home and all I wanted to do was get back home. And then she passed away. Unfortunately, I was there when she did uh, because I think it would have been even a greater loss if I had been away at the time. I was not that old. I was 21. Um, and so that started to make me think about making sure that what I do with my life had meaning. And um, then I got married and had children. My first child got very sick and needed, he was hospitalized and had surgery. And then there was a recovery period after that. That just reemphasized and solidified the fact that I, I couldn't risk being away from my family unless it was for very good reason. Um, and so I, I, it's my personality to, um, keep moving, I guess. I'm not quite certain how to say it, but it would be hard pressed for me to just stay in one place. I'm not sure if that would be the best use of my potential of why I was here and why I was made. <laughs> so, but I wanted to be a wife and mother. And so I knew that if I'm going to keep being who I am and moving, I wanted to make sure it was for the right reasons. So wow. I ended up yeah, I ended up getting out of flying for that reason, to be honest. There, there was many of them, and that's when I started thinking about medicine. Um, but I wasn't ready, and there was other opportunities that presented themselves. And they just sounded really fascinating. And it, it was to do with sort of preventative medicine and, and research and development in those areas. So it did feel like I was doing something good. Uh, but wow. then when I had the opportunity to move into medicine, I, I, I took advantage of it.
that being your your mindset of of things with family and and staying grounded and everything we've talked about how do you, how do you create this goal of leaving potentially leaving the planet to do research for quite a long time and and so where's that thought process come into play and, and affect your decision making and goals that's a very good question and i had to do a lot of soul searching before i said yes to even start the application process because if i i knew that if i started the application process i'd be in full tilt as did my husband and we went back to the basics that are important to us which is our faith and our family um, and we feel the need to serve which probably is highlighted in my life i mean i i feel grateful that i have the opportunity to serve my country and family and um nerve my patients and in all honesty the space realm and doing it through these space agencies wasn't that far-fetched because i do believe that when you look at some of the fallouts or spin-offs or however you want to term it of what space is doing for us we're better off because of the innovations that have happened because of space um and if i could have been a part of that that would have been awesome when we set out to do this i wanted to make sure my husband and kids were fully aware of what this was going to mean um, and they were definitely on board from the beginning and we kept touching base because it was a an extensive process with a lot of reality checks and at every milestone we'd come back together and say are are we good are we still on board with this does this make sense and sure enough my husband always came back to me yeah we're, we're good <laughs> kind of brings a tear to mind because he was super supportive all the way through knowing what, fully well that it would have what it would have meant wow that's that's incredible and how were the what were your kids thinking through that whole process and the potentials of what what could happen which really i mean i guess what could have happened could have been amazing but again the risk that comes with it and all and all that i, I know i'm preaching to the choir on this but what were your kids thinking yeah we were always honest with them from the beginning all the way through the process and when we talked about what it could potentially mean i mean obviously i have a range of ages of kids mm -hmm. um, and so some of their understanding was much more in-depth versus others and they were very supportive they were excited for me um i think they were scared for me too but at the same time we were talking about it we were communicating and so any concerns they had, we would just talk it out and see if it still made sense. And so moving when you were now along the process and everything, what is it or could you give some examples of, of how you're tested and what is expected of someone that that says, hey, yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to do this thing. I'm ready to go to space. I'm ready to be an astronaut. Sure. Um, let me think back now, because it it was a long process. And by the time we started to come together as candidates and meeting each other it was in the new year and so the first session was very physically intense um so there was long hours long days of constant movement with in between scheduled events of mind tasks mind-boggling tasks that were nearly impossible or uh, were set out to be impossible and and just to see how we performed against each other. I'm actually not sure how they rated it all. Uh, but for an example, we'd get up early in the morning, probably six, I can't remember anymore to be honest, but it was early. 
and we would come down some t- at one point we um, had some anthropometric studies done on us uh, then we'd go off and have breakfast then we would um, come back and have these mentally test stations looking at our aptitude testing and then we had these physical tests one of which you you'll see on youtube or i think or maybe potentially it's just on the csa website still but where we had to swim and meet certain standards um which was extensive i mean those were the only parameters we knew we had to meet so those of us many of us trained for it i'm sure all of us tried to train for it um and once we had done that we thought it was over but then maybe doing the line in injustice but somebody said so now the real test begins <laughs> and then we get back in the pool and we're doing obstacle courses at one point we had uh weighted belts so we're down at the bottom of the pool doing puzzles uh we, and i wasn't going to get up off the ground floor of the pool until the puzzle was done um and then back up and moving through the pool again um all the while they're throwing information at us that we had to remember which we then had to recount later on it was very well done <laughs> it had so many every test had multiple layers of understanding to operate as an individual and each individual candidate had a bio uh, sorry um a behavioral scientist of some sort with a clipboard that was assessing us and all this was being placed together in some kind of assessment package i'm sure Wow. So you're doing, I can't, I can't, I don't even know where to start. Like I, people have trouble doing that when they're calm and they are, they're in a, you know, well-lit room and there's, but you have to do it stuff like that at the bottom of the pool and under pressure and, and with eyes all over, like watching you, was there anything that you learned about yourself in that, that, that you didn't know of before through that process? I know a lot of people that are, that are go through something like that or push their body to a certain point or their mind. And they're like, Oh, you learn a lot about yourself in that situation. I wondered if that ever happened with you. Um, it, I think it helped reemphasize a lot of what I believed, but at the same time, maybe not fully believed it. It definitely boosted my confidence to really, um, I still can't fathom that I made it to the top 17. I mean, it was awesome that I did. I wish I could have made it all the way. It was kidney stones that took me out. To be amongst these people and for me to be counted as one of these was pretty amazing. And sometimes at moments, very humbling, but it definitely made me feel like I think I can, I've got something maybe. <laughs> um, and I remember when we were, when we were going through this process, I felt very alive. I felt like I was supposed to be where I was supposed to be. And I remember telling myself and talking to my husband that even then, even if this isn't going to happen, I'm where I'm supposed to be now. I, I love every second of that. Like there's so much to me, there's so much value in biting off what more than you think you can chew and then finding a way to chew it like you did. And, and, and that gives you the feeling that you're where you're supposed to be. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I have this belief that we're supposed to continue to challenge ourselves and, and, and venture into those challenges and, and look at those feelings that come from it. Like you just said, like how there's, I don't think there's anything more valuable than that feeling. I, I totally agree. And I think this is where I think if we're, if I'm, I'll speak about me, but as I tell my kids, if I, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in your life 
as you were called to do or meant to do, the ripple effect is going to be insurmountable and we won't even be able to understand the impact that we're going to have. The key is just to do what we need to do when we need to do it. I love it. That's incredible. In in that, knowing you're doing what you're doing, but then also in the back of your mind, there's risk in doing what you're doing, especially with the the integrity you have where I, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead and assume if you're given a task, you do it to the best and you do it till it's done kind of approach. And there's mm -hmm. risk with that in anything if, if that's your mindset. So I wonder what your approach is to the risk of what if you know, or, or what were the kinds of risks of if, if everything worked out, if the, if you did get chosen, or if you do get in the future, get a chance to do that, how do you justify those risks in your mind with a family at home? And I know that's a fully loaded question. That's not easy. Yeah. But I don't think it's any different than what I, how I would make a decision in any aspect. Uh, because okay. even with this one, granted the risks are probably greater than most day-to-day -day activities, but everything we do has some kind of risk. So when I was looking at this particular piece, just like everything, I wanted to make sure that it was, it was what I was supposed to be doing. And so when I try to sort that through, uh, as I've said, faith and family are very important to me. I turn to my faith and I've I, I kind of do some soul searching and figure out, is this the right way to go? And then I seek a lot of counsel to make sure I'm thinking on the right path. And I've thought about, I mean, I'm not going to think about everything, but I try to think about everything before I jump into something. Um, I try not to do things too impulsively. I had to touch on a past guest that seemed to have this type of composure and, and same sort of approach to completing very, very high level intense tasks in a way that they could stay composed the whole time so they could do it to the best of their ability. And that was Dr. DJ Cook, who we heard about telling his mental process or planning when doing brain surgery. And it, it seems so similar that you step away, you step back, you put that plan together, and then you approach it and you you're able to think clearly. You have this plan in place and now it's just act. It's act, it's act. I have this plan. I've thought about it, meditated on it potentially, and now I'm going to perform. And I see that here as well. But these big decisions, I definitely give it a lot of thought before I do jump in because I do know that about myself, that if I, once I've made the decision, it's, it's just going to happen and come whatever it takes. And that doesn't necessarily mean I'm always going to succeed, but I just know that I'm going to, I'm going to finish it till I can't do any more. <laughs> That's... Yeah. So I, I don't know if this, you know, when, when we came and sat together as a family, when this call came out for astronauts, um, it got me super excited. And then at the same time, my first instinct, and I told my husband, I, I, I'm not going to apply. Don't worry. I won't do it. <laughs> and he's like, his response was, you're crazy not to, Natalie. This is everything that, this is all coming together for a reason. And so we gave it a few days before I even opened up the application form, just to sit on it, think about it. Um, we talked together as a family. And then as we were going through the application process, which was extensive, all of these thoughts were coming in. I, we tried to think about it all. Um, and as we were making it through to the end, and it became more real that, this isn't, it was easier to compartmentalize at the beginning and say, 
I'm at the right place and this is working out good. But as it got closer to the end and realized this is actually really could be a reality, um, we asked the same questions with each other as we did at the beginning. So that was good to know. And we just realized we did it for the right reasons and we're doing this. We, let's just follow it through and see where it goes. That's amazing. The one thing I keep hearing you say too, in all these, or in a lot of these different stories and, and concepts we're discussing is you say we, as if it's not, I mean, it's you and your, and all the incredible characteristics you have that allow you to do these things, but it's not simply you on your own. There's other people that you connect with and utilize their opinions and also have for support. And I think that's something I, I forget to bring up in this, in this podcast many times is yes, we have these incredible people like yourself, but they're, you're, you're also able to utilize the people around you, which I think is, is impressive. I think we assume that people that are successful do it all themselves. And I can't, yeah, I can't even imagine anybody getting anywhere without every, without others. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we, we know that to be true. I totally agree. In, in everything you've done and continue to do, I assume time management is a huge part of your life. And I had someone that was, has a big influence on my life and through my, my hockey career. And what he always says is the most successful people he knows all time management. And I wondered your approach to time management. Do you have any tricks or, or concepts that you, you utilize or how you set priorities with, with everything you do? Very good question. And there's most definitely intention behind what I do. <laughs> um, every moment I, yeah, every moment has intention, I guess. There's obviously down times and I, um, I have a lot of downtime with my family and that's where I would choose to spend it. My family, my friends. Um, but if I was doing things, I, um, for example, I'll, I'll walk you through what it was like to get through med school. Um, that was this probably one of, <laughs> <laughs> was one of the busier times of my life. Um, and I was, I mean, there was the pre-med school piece where I was working full time. I was a mother, I was pregnant, I was doing night classes. Um, and I, I remember thinking at that point, if I can do this, I think we can manage med school. <laughs> and then I get into med school and, and the class portion wasn't difficult. I mean, if I, if I could do it, anybody could do it really. But at the same time, um, you know, when we had little kids and we had a baby at the time and I was still nursing, I would get up and I would nurse and I would get myself to school. I was, when I was at school, there was no downtime for me. It was maximizing every minute. So even if I had five minutes, I'd use those five minutes to review something. I'd give myself a task and say, I'm going to look up this and I'm going to know it by the end of that. And so I maximized every minute of my day and then go down with the class and um, my breaks were used to maximize my learning so that by the time I got through med school, I don't know if I did anything else but <laughs> accomplish that goal. You know, so when I look at other parts of trying to organize my days now, I do set, I try to set time frames so if i was going to work on something i'm going to work on it for a period of time so that i know there's going to be an end and that makes me motivated to make that time effective and then when that's done i'm going to put it away um, and move on with the next task this portion of the episode motivated me to 
enhance even further the idea of taking a break and and maximizing every minute like Dr. Slino just said is maximizing every minute means when you take a break you're actually taking a break so when you go back to work now you're going back to work at 100% instead of only 90% because you didn't really take a break. You were on your phone and listening to music and watching TV all at the same time. So then when you go back to the job and you're not as efficient as you could have been and you then you get frustrated. Oh, I didn't work as hard as I could have. I didn't get as much done as I should have. Well, it's tough to maximize every minute when we start our work or or come back after a break and we're not truly at 100% because we didn't even utilize that break properly. And I think even within our own lives sometimes there, there's um, moments of, and I when I think of moments, I'm thinking years or months or whatever the time frame might be, but there's moments of intensity and then there's going to be mo- moments or periods of pause and my life has sort of gone like this accordion effect where it'll be intense, but at the end of the intensity, there will be a pause. And I use that pause to reconnect <laughs> with others that I might have uh, not connected with during those periods of intensity. <laughs> right, right. That's a good way to put it too, right? Like the accordion effect goes, it, I mean, it's like everything we talk about on this podcast is that there's ups and downs and ebbs and flows and you just react in a way that you have to when that time comes and if you get a chance to to build those relate or not build those relationships up but invest in those relationships and my biggest pause is making sure i'm still in line with my husband (laughs) (laughs) and if if i look around and they're still with me then i'm golden (laughs) that's amazing i still am so impressed with that i think you know even as it's not as much of what we talked about, but it just comes down to that. To me, the thing that one of the most ex- inspiring things in this conversation or, or your story is just that, you know, we think we have to follow a certain, if we want to do something out of the norm, like, I don't know, try to go to space, then we can't have all the regular things that everyone else does. You can't have the family and you can't, and it's, and it's, yes, you can, but it's, it takes a lot of that integrity that you have to, utilize those breaks properly and have that time management that allows you to do those things. And that's not easy. That's, and I, and I'm, that's what I'm just, I mean, I'm impressed by so many things, but that's definitely, definitely one of them going off of that. Um, you've had so much success and done so many successful things. And I know that's going to continue just with, with your personality. I feel like it's inevitable that you'll, you'll continue to be successful. Were there any things in your life that you haven't been successful at? Of course, I haven't succeeded in everything that I would have loved to, but let me, um, I, I sort of rephrase it in my life because I don't think they're not successes. <laughs> I right. just think of them as learning. So let me think of some examples then, because in all honesty, everything that happens is probably just a, a betterment for all of us, I think we're not perfect and and it's our mistakes that make us stronger um but even getting out of flying not that that was a failure but it definitely was a difficult decision um and whether or not i would have potentially made it on you know in the military side of things i'm not certain at this point because i didn't follow through with it that was the biggest decision i first big decision i ever made um and there's not that there's regrets with that, I made it for the right reasons. Um, I made it for my 
myself and my um, my husband and I just felt I mean he he didn't ask me to do it I just felt that there was all other things that were happening in my life like I said with my mother and my son being sick that started to redirect me mm -hmm. um, but I, I I don't know if I would say that there's these not successes or failures are just a sort of a step I step on to move myself forward in a in another direction. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Totally. I mean, it's just yeah, that's your mindset in in what those situations are, right? It's the word people may use is failure or not successful, but that's that's how one person would describe a certain situation, and you might describe it differently, which obviously you do, which seems like a way better way to put it or a better approach to it. I feel so inspired having this conversation. I hate to veer off the path of, of, of that, I don't know, mindset type stuff. But one thing I wanted to get into is it's Leap Biosystems. That's the organization. Yes. And so in that organization that you're a part of with all these other brilliant minds as well, what is it the kind of stuff that you guys are, are tackling and are they, what are the issues and what are your potential solutions and innovations that you think may, be, may help or may make a change? It's a really good question because it's a really exciting time in that there is a need and there's such a big gap um, in space health and space health management especially if we're going to start moving on into long-distance space flights like Mars or lunar missions, where we won't have the opportunities to medivac in short order to be able to treat. So we're starting to look at treating and managing and diagnosing autonomously without that feedback back. And when you think of that issue, that has so much relevancy to many of the areas on Earth. We're fortunate in most of our urban centers in Canada um, and across the world that when you think of healthcare, it's just a, there's not even a question, you, you're going to get care. But that's not the case in majority of the places on the world, in the world. Um, and as I sit here up in Yellowknife, we know that it's, it isn't the case necessarily even further north, nor is it the case when you're on expeditions or in other remote and austere environments like the military census on. So we know that the issues that they're dealing with with space health has great um, impact or implications on Earth, which is to move into this realm because any innovations that we can come up with to help solve these issues. Um, and so, so what we're looking at is trying to help solve these autonomous mobile medical management systems. Wow. See, I, I was curious about how how innovations for space have helped on Earth, and I thought, how is that? How where's the connection there? There are different spaces with different issues. Well, because if you think about, um, for example, there'll probably be a, a physician or a doctor on these missions, and if not, the, at least they'll be trained up in a capacity of being a highly skilled medical provider. Um, but not every medical provider can perform surgery or could um, yeah, perform laparotomies for, to get your appendix out if it ruptured, et cetera. So there's, the people that we send up to space will probably be pre-screened just like we do with the military. Um, but there's many random events that can happen to individuals and potentially the healthcare practitioner themselves could be ill or injured. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be a need for sure. And so do you have examples of, of now what, you, how you guys are innovating or what your group is doing to help answer this, this issue? Yeah. Or can uh, you say? <laughs> <laughs> we are. Um, and so part of the, the systems that we're looking at right now have to do with empowering the healthcare practitioner to work autonomously in other words, without any feedback back. To make that happen, though, we're going to have to start validating the ideas that we have by using some kind of feedback back. So that what that means this would be if you've got somebody in northern Canada who's working by themselves um, and can't get a medivac out, whether it be because there's no aircraft or the weather's come in and can't move the patient, we'd have a platform that they could use that would augment their reality through a, and use a callback back to some other tertiary hospital, like a surgeon. Um, I mean, these are, we're, we're steps behind this idea, but ultimately that's what the end result would hopefully be so that that practitioner in Northern Canada could be the hands and eyes of the surgeon back in wherever. Um, and walk them through these procedures. We know that that's possible already because we've there's individuals that are working on these types of scenarios and training systems, even by just doing it by telephone or by video teleconference, that you could walk somebody off the street through an ultrasound procedure or through um, a chest tube. These are people with no skill sets in the medical realm but have successfully managed to f- accomplish these procedures. So we know it can happen. We're just trying to augment it um, and then eventually make it autonomous. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> Holy well, smokes. <laughs> so and I guess, and again, only as, as much as you're allowed to say, and it doesn't even need to be specific, how far would we be away from having the ability to do something like that? On, on Earth or in space? Is that like two years? Is it 10 years? No, see, the, the thing is, the technology is already here. Um, it's a matter of integrating these systems to make it feasible, because if you give somebody a product that's not easy to use or um, but won't work with another system, now we just have 50 pieces of equipment to do mm. one thing. Um, so the key is trying to use a lot of these high-end tech accomplishments and develop the platform by which they can all communicate with each other. And, and that's the challenge. And there's many limits, limitations preventing that from happening as well, which I guess we don't need to get in here, but yeah. It's, right. it, it's, it's, a, it's a long, big obstacles in front of it, for sure. Okay. And is that like more legal stuff as well? There's definitely a legality piece to it because when you're dealing with people's healthcare, it has to pass, and rightly so, a lot of mm-hmm. standards, and it, it has to be better than what we have already. So, in other words, if we're sending people down through Medivacs, um, we have to be able to provide better care by keeping them there. Um, and that's going to be the biggest challenge to prove what we right. call a proof of concept to understand whether or not it will improve their care right well for some i guess it would an easy argument not be that it's better than having no help (laughs) 
for those yeah. remote areas, right? Like that, <laughs> to me, definitely. I'd be like, yeah. That and That's- then you think about their quality of life as well. So there's the healthcare aspect, and then there's the quality of life aspect. And we know that uh, there's evidence out there that anecdotally and subjectively state these member these people of the community would rather have care in the community they don't want to be separated from their families right right that's a little bit more difficult so what are, are there any other issues that that you see that are in similar situation we're not really that far away from that your team is is working to to try and change or or alter we're sort of i guess you could say at the starting gate of sorts there's a lot of individuals and a lot of groups that have taken this challenge and have been doing it for years. So we're not anything, um, I don't know, without downplaying ourselves, we're, we're not nothing, anything new. I think we're just coming in potentially at the right place at the right time and a lot of um, opportunities for this where there may potentially be funding for. As far as the challenges that we're trying to take on, the gaps are already there and we're looking at what heritage has already done for that gap and we're just trying to continue it on hmm. with the innovations that are, are happening because as, as we, we go on with time the technology just becomes better and better and um, the obstacles that were there 10 years have either sorted themselves out or we, we've rerouted ourselves and so for us as a team we're, we're trying to understand what has been done where we are now and how we move forward from that piece and so we're gathering a lot of support and seeking a lot of counsel as well to try to move this forward now we've we've come completely full circle like i'm i'm blown away on so many different levels from from hearing you speak um from your journey to what your goals are with leap biosystems to how you stay grounded and and that's where we started was this i and i didn't even expect this to come perfectly full circle but i wanted to to i guess touch on so we've talked about some incredible things are do you have any or even have time for any hobbies do you still fly or what keeps you quote unquote uh, other than your husband and your incredible family and in total that keeps you grounded do you have any other things that you do or can fit into your schedule ah yeah (laughs) i'd like to stay active um my husband and i just signed up for the death race coming up in alberta in the summer so I'm looking forward to training with him through the winter months. Uh, my kids are very active. We do a lot of sports. If it's not together as a family, then we're we're either at the soccer arenas. Um, and I spend, uh, again, faith is a big part of my, I, I spend daily time in prayer and take my quiet moments <laughs> and then oh. uh, go on. <laughs> Nice. I like that. I wish you the the absolute best as well as your family. They seem like an incredible bunch that, that help you do what you do. So um, I thank you so much again. Thanks so much for this. Cool. It's been uh, really interesting. Yeah, you like- a lot of this stuff too. <laughs> and look back. You don't do it very often. So it's been awesome. That brings us to the end of another Heroic Minds podcast. I've had some awesome listeners recommend potential guests on the podcast. I encourage more of that. I also would encourage, even if you don't have a specific person in mind, but maybe the type of of career, maybe a person that has dealt with something specific that then I can go out and try to connect with. You know, maybe we've had amputees, we've had brain surgeons now, we've had people with different diseases, et cetera, all incredible people. So if you have an idea you would like to hear about, send me an email. 
My email is in the description of this episode. If, if you just click that, it'll go right to an email. Shoot me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Alrighty, I'm out of here. I'm Ben Finelli, Heroic Minds Podcast. We'll talk again soon.